welcome to Quarantine in Quarantine, written and produced by Practical Fantasists. Season 2, Episode 7. No rest for the good or the wicked. Alright, spirits and revenants, shades and phantoms, welcome back to another comedy night! Now in the crypt, since the oubliette and its general vicinity are too calamitous to get a moment's peace. These comedy nights just ain't the same since Quarantine the Tenth left, especially with this change of venue. I'll say. It's dull as tombs down here. Come on. We can at least try to keep our spirits up. When everyone else has forgotten us, I languish in obscurity. I, the castle's great defender in the snail invasion, who suffered death by a thousand slime trails. I thought you died after undercooking some escargot. Bah. I was a hero. Mm, then... Why do you see your tombstone say Sir Coward the Liar? What? Where? Right over here. Oh, it's Howard, not Coward, for God's sake. Hang on, it's the Howard part you're upset about, not the liar? Someone has to fix this. But we are only specters. I mean, spectators. It is not for us to interfere in the lives of the living. Anymore. That said, the living are interfering in our afterlives. Running through the corridors, shouting at all hours. Writhing in horror when they see us as if they've never seen a ghost before. Encouraging that blasted craftsman to redecorate everything. Enough of this. Let us be spectators no more. Let us make ourselves visible to the living only at our will and walk through locked doors into the inner recesses of their lives. That's the spirit. Corentin cannot ignore us. But he can. He's done just that for most of the past 25 years. He even ignored his father and myself in earliest infancy. Yes, but that's because you've been trying to give him terrible advice since he was in the cradle. I would ignore you too if I had the choice. Lady Hildegard, your son does have a tremendous skill for ignoring people. But I know who can't. What do you want, my lord? I told you, I'll talk to the profile artist later. I am not, Lord Corentin. Over here. What? Oh, it's you. Go back to the oubliette. It's the middle of the night. But, But this is important. More important than my sanity? You sound just like my older brother. Older? Wait, are those ghostly slime trails on the front of your shirt? You must be Coward the Liar, who died of eating the snails his brother Corentin II bravely slew and boiled. Forty-two and a half of them, wasn't it? Is that all anyone remembers about me? I'll have you know it was the uncooked half of the forty-third snail that really did me in. And the names, Sir 
Coward scribe? Now about this coward business. Ah, that's cold. Stop prodding me. Is there nothing I can do to get you out of my bed? Or better yet, out of my chamber? Well, yes. That's only what we've been asking for in the first place. Do as we bid, scribe, and we promise. We'll leave you alone until the day you die. No promises about afterwards, though. What joy. Indeed. For too long have our stories been forgotten. But let us rejoice now. For no longer shall we in our obscurity be doomed to suffer a fate worse than death. A fate worse than death? <laughs> you don't even know what it's like to be martyred. I keep telling you. Stop telling people you were martyred. You were a martyr to your bad joints and you creaked your way to the grave at the age of 86. Yes, but it just sounds more impressive, you know? And I died in the fullest flower of my career. Did you, Jester? You died of shame after your lord said the dog was more amusing than you. Everyone's a critic. Curse that dog for distracting me during my final hour. It's not my fault that your husband, Corentin the Eleventh, was the dour in doomsaying when soused and famously never laughed. With you in his court, he didn't have much to laugh about. Lady Hildegard, what are you doing here? I thought you preferred the boxwoods. Yes, well, I used to haunt the rooftop gardens, but after all the business that went down last year, the shrubberies have just never been the same. Oh, that can't be nearly as bad as those youths throwing stones. And worse, down my oubliette. Or the one singing tunelessly next to the treasury. I've had halt thou hence stuck in my head for a week. Enough! If you don't stop this infernal chatter, I will get the holy water and Brother Brannock, and he will show me how to banish you to some place even worse than the bowels of this castle. Oh, you wouldn't dare. All we want is for you to fix our tomb inscriptions. And a few other things. Oh no, I know too well how that sort of proposition goes. In case you haven't noticed, I'm already a little more than busy right now. I have a whole castle full of refuge seekers to attend to, not to mention Lord Corinta, who's even more demanding than the rest of them put together. And our needs. Should we not have precedence? Some of us have been here for centuries. If you've had centuries, why couldn't you have picked one of those countless days when I was re 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 reorganizing the library? But what if someone from Ease comes down here and sees our inadequate tombs? All I'm asking for is the whole of my tragic history related in verse form on this very tiny stone. And all I would like is for it to be known that I never fled at the sight of a giant charging snail no matter what anyone says. And, while you're at it, an illumination of my heroic battle. Well, all I want you to do is to make sure that my son doesn't make a disaster of this latest match. I want grandchildren, you know. And you promise that's all? No convoluted plots that end in mass slaughter? No less-than-friendly fencing matches and conveniently poisoned wine? I swear, on my own grave! Oh, all right. But you all owe me. Owe you what? I haven't decided yet. But you'd better be here when I need you. Ooh, that actually sounds quite exciting. 
In that case, Tazan the scribe, we have an accord. But I won't start until morning, assuming I survive the night. Damn it all, this is harder than I expected. How does Elwan do it? At least he lent you his blessed hammers. But look, you're letting all the lines run together. What kind of scribe are you? An extremely efficient one. It's not like you're paying for spaces. Of course, if you want a rest from hammering. I have a much simpler task for you. Forgive my doubts, my lady, but none of you has given me a reason to expect simple tasks. What's it to be? Spying on Lord Corentin and his paramours while they're all having a private conversation? No, of course not. I could do that myself, but I've got too much dignity. Also, they've been completely avoiding each other. So, all I want you to do is lock them in a room for a few hours. So that you can spy on them. That is a preposterous idea. I'm not doing that. Then it's a shame you already agreed to it. Can't you ask me to do something else? They're more likely to compose a tragic ballad in three parts than resolve things the way that you want them to if they're locked up and left to themselves. I swear, if I hear any more tragic lute strumming, I'm going to go hide in the glowing fungus grotto. Typical. Isn't hiding what you do best, Shadow Whisperer? What did you say? You cannot hide your true identity from me, for I have discovered that you are that most infamous infiltrator, known for inciting strife and instability across this realm. That is completely insidious. Who told you that? It's unimportant. But I take it the rumors are true. What are you talking about? Why am I always the last to find out anything? Because you weren't eavesdropping on the right people. It seems one of Tizan's former colleagues, or possibly rivals, ended up in the fair city of East and had quite a few things to say about my son's scribe. It must have been Bellador. That hussy always talked too much. She repeats more sordid secrets than a gobsome gadabout. But almost none of it is true. Oh, so you weren't sent to sabotage Corentin's most prosperous marriage proposals in order to directly undermine his grandparents' efforts to control the best lands in all Bretagne. I didn't have to sabotage Lord Corentin. My gracious lord managed that all on his own. You can't weasel your way out of this one. I can only imagine how pleased Corentin would be to hear all about your treacherous past. Ah! A stone! You've split it in two! How else was I supposed to get the other half of your comic verse in? Just make sure it's legible. I don't want my work to be taken for granite. It's perfectly legible. Wouldn't you say so, Howard? Go on, read it! Blessed be the man that spares these stones, and cursed be he that moves my funny bones. I hope the visitors to the crypt appreciate the sediment. I'm sure they'll find it hard to remain stone-faced. All right, Lady Hildegard, I may have agreed to help you, but remember, you owe me a favor. Don't worry. As long as you do what we're asking, your secret's safe with us. Us? Ooh, can we come? Yeah, can we come? Can we come? Can we come? All right, but you have to swear not to appear before Lord Corentin, or you'll be sure to ruin everything. He'll do the opposite of whatever you're advising, just out of contrariness. Yes, we know that. Now, hang on, where are you going? 
Unfortunately, I know exactly the right place for an intimate lock-in, my lady. I just need to find the keys. What is taking so long, Shadow Whisperer? I expected greater efficiency from someone of your reputation. You should have them all divulging the inmost passions of their hearts by now. Yes, well, as you previously noted, they're all avoiding each other, so it's not like an opportunity has simply presented itself. I'll have to manufacture a convenient coincidence, and coincidences are not always easy to spontaneously arrange. Suzanne? Or maybe they are. What are you doing here? Just looking for some keys, my lord. Why are you in Alawan's very small, secluded, and generally unoccupied spare key room? It's the only place I'm not likely to be interrupted by anyone and their obvious affection for each other. I see. Letting the implication that I don't qualify as anyone slide... You're worried that these unnamed people and their obvious affection for each other will somehow be stronger than any affection that they might have for you? Exactly! How can I love both of them and risk being loved by neither? Are you sure you wouldn't perhaps like me to bring these unnamed people down here in order to deal with them face to face? I can't do that! If they only knew the strength of my affection, they would suffer as much as I am, so I must suffer alone. Very well, sir. If you prefer to suffer alone, you won't mind excusing me once I gather up those door wedges. I have other tasks to attend to. But, Suzanne, I need you! Really? After all your talk of writing your own loving phrases? Fine. I need your pen. Will you lend me your pen? No. There! If you won't lend me your pen, you can at least lend me your ear. So that you can dictate all your woeful thoughts for the edification of future generations? You know me too well. My lord, it is what you pay me for. Suzanne, would you even listen to me if I didn't pay you? Would you even talk to me if you had another option? You're deserting me in my hour of need. Oh, my lord, if only I could. But who was it who prevented a war by changing I've loved your wife to I loved your wine in that letter to the King of Naples? Who wrote excuses to Lord Baldick while you were being smuggled away in a barrel of eels? Who had to return the poor cow you stole when you couldn't find a horse? And arrange the repairs to Lord Theory's bathing pool? Good. God, is that why the king sent me twelve dozen casks? But no, no one's worth a moment's notice unless you think there's a chance of sweeping them off their feet and into your bed. And for all that you are the most conceited fool, I have never abandoned you. Now, before I realize what I've said and apologize for it, will you please try to deal with your current problems by yourself? Oh, Tuzanne. If I'm so impossible, why have you stayed all this time? You may complain a lot, but you do make life interesting. Really? I thought you just stuck around out of affection for my library. That too. I suppose I should be thanking you for all those love letters. How many letters have you written for me anyway? 6,546. Loving, warlike, unwarlike, businesslike, amiable... Enviable and, well, you know... Lamentable. 
In spite of all that, I must admit I admire that you won't accept that you might have to live with an unhappy destiny, or even a mediocre one. Well, at least my failures do tend to be spectacular. If only I could have successes to match. Indeed. Now, on that note, if you wouldn't mind staying here for a minute. Why? Oh no, there isn't a stoat loose in the castle, is there? No, the people of East have been strictly quarantining anyone who feels a bit fuzzy. Tristan and Winnie are making the rounds to give everyone a second shot. Then why do I have to stay here? Just trust me? Can't I at least stay somewhere less haunted? I don't know if you've noticed, Tuzan, but you're surrounded by ghosts. Oh, now he sees us. At last! Quarantine... You must listen to the wisdom of the centuries. Oh, no, I am not listening to another lecture on the benefit of garlic with snails. Oh. Never fear, that's not why we're here. What is going on? Tuzan is locking you in the key room. What? It was the ghost's idea. Anyways, I thought you couldn't see them, or were you just ignoring them too? Yes, ignoring us as you've been ignoring your scribe, and other people who have your best interest at heart. Thank you, Mother, but the last time I listened to you, I got engaged to the most boring woman in Britain. Thank God she decided that she could do better. You know I only suggested that so that you'd have as happy a marriage as your father and I. And since your father was the unhappiest man in the- He jests, of course. For it was I who was the unhappiest wretch this place did ever produce. Oh, can you not let me have a moment with my son without blathering on like the most useless of fools? <sighs> All right, Mother. Since I assume you're the one who put Tuzan up to this, why in the name of happiness are you trying to have me locked up? Oh, my son, I have seen and heard how especially miserable you have been lately on account of the princess and the bard. This unhappiness cannot be resolved so long as you refuse to see each other, or to make your intentions clear. So you ask Tuzan to lock me in a room? With Dayu and Chartier. Oh. My son, I only want you to do what will make you most happy. So whatever you decide, I'm here to give my blessing. All right, then. What would you say if I decide not to marry Princess Dayu, and to encourage her to marry Chartier, because I would rather they both be happy. Uh. Oh, no, 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 don't do that sound. I know that sound. You don't approve of my plan. Will it really make you happy? For the next month or so, no. I'll be perfectly miserable. I don't doubt it. See, I told you this back when you were ruining your chances with all those other perfectly acceptable ladies. My son, you were not meant for a solitary existence. But I'll be happier when I marry someone who isn't pining after someone else all the time. But he's not wrong. Everyone knows that's how every great adultering romance begins. And someone always ends up getting murdered for it. I mean, just look at Sir Howard here. Corentin II did end up marrying his widow. Are you saying my brother undercooked that escargot on purpose? My God! I never suspected him. Or her. I thought she remarried out of shock and grief, not 
vile treachery. Oh. Lady Hildegard, you should want your son to choose wisely, or he too could be stuck here for all eternity with the rest of you. Well, when you put it like that, that actually does sound terrible, doesn't it? Yes. So I think I'd rather you trust me to know what I want to do. Oh, fine then. If you're so determined to ruin your chances. Scribe, I no longer require your service. Oh, thank God. Are you saying I can go? W wait, wait! You haven't finished my illumination yet. A and while you're drawing my tragic end, do you do lamentation scrolls for ghosts? Ooh, yes. I like the sound of that. Could you do one more for me, too? Oh, no. Oh, but you're such a good listener, and we'd hate to have to resort to stronger means of persuasion. I think we should continue this negotiation elsewhere. And I need help finding a more appropriate epithet for my brother. I bet you know a thing or two about slander, after having lived in this castle for long enough, and before that, you know, the whole shadow-whispering thing. <gasps> Did you really just accuse Tuzan of being the Shadow Whisperer? The most infamous dissimulator and breaker of alliances? That anonymous betrayer of confidences and hearts? But it's true! Now you've really put your insubstantial foot in it! That was our best leverage! Sorry, sorry... Oh, you're going to be hearing about this for the next century and a half, Sir Coward! Come on, back to the crypt! No. Well, that's them gone. Ha! Huh, I was half expecting you to vanish too, Shadow Whisperer. My lord, I can explain. No need, though I must say I can see why you prefer being called Tuzan to being known as the Shadow Whisperer, even if Tuzan is a terrible name to take. Hang on, how long have you known? Since Lord Baldick hired you to sabotage that highly lucrative match with Lady Eleanor of Nantes whose sole topic of conversation was horse insurance. I'm not sure how it's taken me so long to thank you. It's surprisingly easy to tell you everything. Yes, that's the main requirement of being a covert matchmaker and breaker, sir. And now, restless spirits, welcome back to yet another comedy night in the crypt! <laughs> Tonight we have Sir Howard the not-as-cowardly-as-my-treacherous-brother-would-have-everyone-believe, who has finally been released from the penitence tome where he was banished by Lady Hildegard! <laughs> what?! That hidebound miscreant was supposed to be trussed up for another 149 years. Not to mention the other 364 days of this one. Boo. 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 Lady Hildegard, after 14 hours trapped among the desiccated pages, subjected to the relentless hymns of repentance written therein, I swore. I swore that I would repair my moral rectitude, but I had to be released to do so. I don't believe it. It's true. 
I have sworn to wander these halls day and night, relentless in the service of repentance, until I have gathered so many sordid secrets that you may all have whatsoever you desire from the living. Thank you for listening to Quarantine in Quarantine, featuring Patrick Lewis as the ghost host, Chris Hibbs as Sir Howard, Karen Murray Bergquist as Lady Hildegard, Aaron Scothorn as Tazé, and David Lone as Coranta. The episode was written by Aaron Scothorn and Karen Murray Bergquist, and the music was written and performed by Sophie Rosnock. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Quarantine in Quarantine, or support us by donating to our coffee page through the link in the show notes. We've also recently launched a Patreon, so check us out at Practical Fantasists to support this as well as future projects. Thank you so much to Lee, our very first patron, as well as Jazz and Comical Skate for your support. This episode also featured a special guest ghost appearance by Lee the Monk. Sadly, he is operating under a vow of silence. However, his support was crucial to every scene. Please feel free to like, subscribe, leave a review, and share the love. And do come back next time for our finale.